Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the ONG Strike Zone. It is Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Brian is going to be joining us real soon, and I've got my partner in Strike Zone, my brother, Kelvin Rozier. How you doing this evening, my man? I'm good, brother. I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, and um, getting ready, man. You know, we got a chance to uh, take a little time, time off this week with open week, so, you know, we can get into – into a little more detail with some of our, uh, our our discussions today. True that, my man. Well, it seems like somebody's in homecoming mode. Like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm getting ready. Is in homecoming mode with the bright white ladies and gentlemen. Coming to you, the mayor of all Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University, as if you didn't know, it is my brother, Kelvin Bernard Rozier, with the cardigan, the sweet cardigan, the sweet hat with the FAMU logos. He is ready to strike and strike and strike again. <laughs> Let's go. I like it, man. I got, I make me want to wear my little cardigan and everything. He got drove for hey, days. Man, that's you what have I got to do, see. man. I want to. I want to inspire Rally Nation, man. Show that pride, man. Let them know what we, how we represent around here. Bruh, you represent for sure. It made me have to step up my game. I was like, man, I got to get me some more drove because Kelvin has got drove for about at least he can. How many weeks can you go with orange and green? Three or four, probably a month. Straight up. He is yeah. drove down. I can go for a good solid two weeks. I can go for a good solid two weeks. I gotta catch up. I gotta catch up with my brother, man. So, so how's everything been, man? Man, everything's good, man. You know, busy, busy time for me right now. But, uh, man, I'm loving life, man, and 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 doing well, man. We're on a five game win streak in football. The the lady volleyball team, you know, is undefeated in swag play, man. It's a great time to be a rapper. Is that Darth Vader breathing in the background? Is that Brian? All I heard was all the heavy breathing. I am your father. Like I was like, you hear that, bro? Force, use the force, Kofi. Trust, trust in the force, Kofi. Let go. That's right. That's right. The Jedi. Let go of all your inhibitions. Let's go. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. Man, I, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the heck was going on, man. My my system just all of a sudden froze up on a brother right as we're getting going. I mean, my goodness, man. Talk about straight. Or maybe it's because I'm wearing this Pacers shirt. I, I, I had no problem. That's what it is. Every I, time you be wearing what it is. Colors, this, yep. is, this is yeah. the ONG, the O-N-G. Strike Zone. 
not the blue and gold strike zone. So you can't be wearing for colors and stuff trying to make it. Man, get the belt. Get the belt, Kobe. Get the belt. I'm I'm trying to celebrate the you fact that you trying to make it seem like this, this is about the fourth time we done warned your tail about wearing <laughs> blue and gold and stuff, and you supposed to be wearing orange and green. It is the oh, this your last warning. It is the O and G strike zone. Come on with some orange, right. some oh. green, some white, and it's the week before. Turn around, turn around. It, it's the week it, before. It's gonna hurt me more than Put your hand back there. You try to put your hand back there to protect yourself. Like that was, I never going to do nothing but mess your hand up. You, you're, you're, Look, you're trying to do that, try to put your hand back there to be like, oh, I right, hold on. No, 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 no. Wear some orange and some green, buddy. It's I, the week I got before it. homecoming. I got it. We got to get you right. I will be, yes, I will be changing coming up in the break, no doubt. Because I, I that must have been what it what happened, man. I put put this on and tried to celebrate the start of the NBA season and then the game froze up and then next minute I knew everything froze up and went to hell. So that's what I get for trying to watch the pay. That that means I will not be renewing that NBA league pass after that seven-day trial period is up. I will definitely not be renewing that thing. No doubt. Hey, I'm surprised uh, okay. they got the Pacers a part of it anyway. Oh, wow. 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 See? Wow. Come on now. Wow. <laughs> Bam, bam. Okay, fellas. Thank you. Uh, we done? We done? Can we, can we get going we here? Can we? Right, yeah, we can get going. I appreciate you. All right, all right. So shout out to everybody uh, already tuned in ahead of me on YouTube and Facebook and watching us on Twitter. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button. Hopefully you're already a part of the ONG Strike Zone. Following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Just search MyJBN and MyBCSN. And, of course, all of our shows, you can find them, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, but also in podcast format on the BCSN Pod Zone. That's uh, Amazon Music. I want to encourage you. Go, go, go. If you guys do Amazon Music, go just search. Hi, just say, hey, Alexa, play BCSN Pod Zone. And see if the uh, pod zone comes up. You know, let us know. But we are part of there. We are there as well as uh, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, all those. Coming up in the second hour of the show, the head ball coach himself, head coach Willie Simmons, will be joining us. We'll get a chance to uh, talk with him. The Rattlers on a have a bye weekend. I, I'm not going to call it a bye week because there is a lot of work to do. So we're just going to say they're on a bye weekend. Because I know they are working. And I tell you what, we, we're we going to get into that here real quick. As uh, the Rattlers coming back from Grambling, Louisiana. Grambling, we come away with a 20-16 to 16 victory. I, I didn't have to change too many things when I was doing my little score changes. Because it was a 2014 game the week before against South Carolina State. And here it is, a 20-16 to 16 victory against Grambling. So many things that we can talk about and so many different ways we can go. Uh, I know there's a lot of frustration, but at the end of the day, it is a win. The Rattlers won their fifth consecutive of the season. The uh, five and two record overall, three and one, I believe, in the conference puts us uh, in, in good position heading to the final four games, I believe, of the regular season. 
Rattlers are starting to pick up steam, not only in many of the HBCU football polls, but also I saw us receiving some votes in the national poll. So as we think about this game from Saturday, uh, let's run let's run it down. Let's run it down. Kelvin, I, I'll start with you, and let's go with uh, the observations, the, uh, as we like to say, the uh, takeaways and concerns after this past weekend's game at Grambling. I'll start off with uh, the first, the last two shows in, in my critique of the team. Uh, again, the defense was solid. We held another opponent under 300 yards, uh, which is which is a is a good thing. It's a plus. We did attempt to um, establish the run a little bit more. I did notice that Musa kept the ball as we discussed on a couple of plays. Uh, scored on it um, our first touchdown, and he was untouched. Nobody was even looking for him. Uh, we needed to do it more. Um, and outside of that, we rushed for 114 yards, but our yards per carry wasn't very, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't very good. And um, but, but we stuck with it, except for when we needed to. <laughs> so... That last three minutes of the second quarter, man, was a fiasco. It really was. Uh, we had just ran for a first down. Um, if we just run the ball three times after we got that first down, then um, if, if there's time left on the clock and we got a pump, we punt with like 25, 30 seconds at the most. And we're going into the half up, uh, having shut them out. But, of course, we got that first down and proceeded to throw the ball three times and a couple of incompletions later. They got the ball with a minute and 45 seconds or so left. And they were able to, in the last couple of minutes, put up uh, multiple points, right? So we had to, we had to punt. Where they uh, uh the, what was that? The punt? Yeah, it was a punt. Where they uh returned for a touchdown. Then they kicked the ball off, and we didn't get to the ball. They recovered it, and was able to score again. Up until that point, total domination. Um, you got to put that squirrel on the coaching. We, we we're not gonna shy away from that talk. Uh, um, I you know, and um, so now we're in a dog fight. We come back and have a pretty good. Opening drive uh, in the second half. And uh, we still didn't create the separation we needed. And, oh, man, those uh, flags, man, the penalties, man. Uh, we had been pretty decent most of the year. But this game was not a clean game at all, man. Uh, we almost had 200 yards of penalties. And unlike the South Carolina State game, I can't say most of them were bad calls. There were a couple of them that didn't need to be called for sure. Uh, but, but you know, they were consistent, man. They were calling everything and uh, anything close. And most of our penalties were of the 10 and 15-yard variety. And that kept them in the game and kept our, us from being more productive. And, therefore, we, we, get, to the, we get to the fourth quarter. And we're not executing. And they get a chance to win the game. 
and they actually drive the ball down. And they actually threw a touchdown. Now, that particular play, they had been calling penalties on us all games that was were less egregious than that particular call. You know, we had, what, three, three pass interference ourselves, so they took a touchdown away from us in the first half, you know, so it, it was a legitimate call. I mean, the guy did push off. I've seen it called. I've seen it not called. But at the end of the day, uh, we got out of grambling with uh, a, a victory. <laughs> and as you guys know, as I said on and off camera, this was one of two games that I thought would be a dog fight and that we were going to have to um, find a way. We found a way. So, you know, that's my thoughts initially on the game. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Kofi, with your thoughts. Well, it's it's uh, these last two weeks is kind of like my my man's book, The Best of Times. That's the president, right? It's the best of times, and it's the worst of times. You know, the best of times when the guys are coming out when they came out in the second half. Lost Kofi there. It seems it seems quoting best of times and worst of times there. Uh, give him a second to pick himself back up. Um, so uh, one of the things that, as I was just looking at that last drive, was that last drive by Grambling was a fourteen play checky, drive. Checky checky. checky. You back? Is he back? Yeah. He's back. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm Go ahead. We're just we're just very inconsistent. You know, on one hand, the team is mentally tough from the standpoint that they 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 embrace adversity pretty good. Okay? They don't panic in the midst of adversity. Um this is the second year that it, the second week in a row that has come down to the last drive of the game. My problem with that is it didn't have to come down to the last drive. I, I legitimately feel that if we do what we're supposed to do and we're playing unadulterated Rattler football, minimal, the score should have been 20 to zip. At the most, maybe 20 to 3. Okay? 20 to 3 is a methodical beating, game over, that's it. But when you when you couple in when you add in the lack of execution, okay, because a lot of people, you know, will look at play calls and be like, oh, that was a raggedy play. Well, there, there are multiple facets to the play. The offensive line has to do their job. The tight ends have to do their job. The wide receivers have to do their job. And the quarterback has to do his job. Everybody has to do their job. And if somebody doesn't do their job, it messes with the overall execution and the timing of the play. That being said, we had I'm gonna I'm gonna use as a case study the the last drive that we had the last time we had the ball. McLeod on the game along with AJ is averaging four point eight and four point nine yards of carry respectively. McLeod was at four point nine, almost five yards of carry, and AJ is at four point eight yards of carry for the entire game. 
So it makes it seem like, okay, we drove down. McLeod gets the first down. We have a little over two minutes left. You would think that if we give McLeod the ball on first down, <laughs> on first down, give McLeod the ball on first down, A, you run the clock and you force them to call timeout. B, they weren't stopping him at the end of the game. It was very hot, and they didn't want to tackle that big man. I'm telling you now. They didn't want to tackle big man. Um, C, you know, we probably would have driven it closer to the goal line if not scored, you know, because the running game was effective at the end of the game. Not to mention, once again, if you run it again, the clock runs. How many seconds go off the clock during the running play, Kelvin? Uh, what, 45 seconds? seconds. No, between the time seconds. they mark it. Yeah, between the time they mark it and the time that, you know, it, it gets down to zero. Is, is, is it Worst 45? case scenario, we're causing them to burn their timeouts. Uh, the timeouts, the two timeouts that they had. So, you know, that's really the thing right there is you're forcing them to use something that they did not want to use. And I don't think that they would have stopped us, you know. So it's kind of like even the same thing happened, you know, just a week before with South Carolina State. I feel in my heart of hearts <laughs> that if we would have run the ball with a little over two, 10 minutes left in the game, though at least the first and second down, we run clock, we get under nine minutes, and then we force South Carolina State to have to drive the full length of the field barring a raggedy punt, which rarely happens, but it did happen this last game. Okay, so time the, the time clock management, and then special teams, and I know that they're watering the field, you know, but to each his own, stuff like that will happen when you play on the road. You just have to be prepared. Um. That's a very uh, – L.C. Cole used to do that with Tennessee State and um, the teams that he coached all the time. It's a lob kick. It's a lob onside kick. I've seen it on several occasions. And it's effective because it goes over the first, the first uh, line of defense there, and then you get people handling the ball who don't normally handle the ball who are used to blocking and not moving towards the ball. So they're not equipped normally to just be in step and be there to, to catch the ball. That's nice. Yeah, he was, yeah, he, he was talking about that, that, uh, uh, that, 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 that kicking level of, of being able to kick the ball into sort of a dead zone. Uh, I, I'd call it a dead zone where you have guys that uh, aren't prepared for it. I, you know what? I, I, I watched that play a couple times, Kelvin, and I I don't know if they just caught us off guard as much as it was just a good kick. I mean, and, and a good kick, and it just took a fortunate bounce for them. It shouldn't, it, it shouldn't happen, though, Brian. Can you uh, hear me? You, know, you, you practice those things, and yeah, Kobe, you back. The, I'm, I'm just say one one thing. And let you have it again um, about the wet field. So my understanding is that um, they they have a little bit different surface than our surface. 
um i instead of having the rubber pallets they have the wood pallets um which will hold water differently and will make traction different and it was obvious man that it impacted the game man uh even the commentators talked about it man guys were slipping left and right and and you know so so i don't know i can't say that it did it intentionally usually if you're trying to cool down the field you would do a little bit earlier in the week um but but i will say whether it was intentional or not uh it did cause um traction problems for for the team in terms of uh you know staying on their feet were were, were right, who was slipping more us or them us um we were yeah, yeah. so so that tells we you were. that they knew they knew what the surface was going to be like and were prepared for uh for for that surface with with the right kind of cleats et cetera et cetera and we weren't so a little gamesmanship you know no no different than you know not cutting the grass uh you know when 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 teams used to have real grass on fields and you want to slow down a fast team well you let the grass grow a little bit extra so that way you know you don't cut it so close and that way it maybe slows down. Look, nothing nothing Let me you know, let me say this. It's it's tricks. a lesson it's a lesson learned. It's a lesson learned. I think, you know Exactly. You know, we're in the swag and we got one more real road game on turf. And Alabama State will be pulling out all of these stops to try to <laughs> to try to beat us. Um so I want to say that, you know, just before we go further. But let me just say the, the special teams blunder with the onside kick. And then um, Fadul had an uncharacteristically, an uncharacteristic bad punt. And, you know, to the returner's credit, he took it on the fly and exploded and hit the gap. And the rest is history. Um, normally Fadul hits the punts. Um, he is flawless in that area, but you know, that was one time that it was like, dang, bro, like that really, that really put a damper on things. But to our credit, we responded with a drive, drove right back down the field, got a position, kicked the field goal, made them have to score a touchdown to beat us, um, which turned out to be the difference in the game. But you know, again, uh, me personally, you know, just more discipline emotionally in the game, understanding the moment, understanding what's going on and not going for the person's head. I know we want to knock them out, but, you know, <laughs> how to tackle, you know, how to get the man down um, when you have him, not allowing yourself to get overly frustrated so they can call a dumb, stupid flag on us. Because the next few QBs that we play for the rest of the season, they are not just mobile. They are extremely mobile. When I say extremely mobile, uh, Skyler at UAPB is extremely mobile. McCray at Southern University is extremely mobile. My man at uh, Alabama State is extremely mobile. Cookman has two extremely mobile QBs. 
So we have got to be ready, and we've got to devise game plans because the one play that has been killing us all year has been that quarterback draw or a quarterback that's taken off and running. I want to go inside the numbers for a quick second before I ask you guys for game balls because, again, I know we talk – and I heard you guys mention the the run-pass disparity, but when I go inside the numbers, like last week – against South Carolina State, I believe we only passed eight more times than we ran. In this game against Grambling, we only passed seven more times than we ran. Uh, 36 pass attempts, 29 run attempts. And so I think what we, instead of us or maybe analyzing and being frustrated with the lack of run versus pass, it might be more of a case of looking at the the, the drive charts and saying, when are we running versus when are we passing? Because when the, I mean, that's about a 55, 45 percentage. I'm just roughly guesstimating here, maybe 60, 40 pass run. Okay. Same. So that's two weeks in a row. So yeah, McLeod, 12, uh, 12 attempts, 57 net yards. AJ Davis had 39 net yards. You know, and, and that that those were the two main backs that ran 20 of the 29 attempts. So I, I think what we all probably are wanting to see is a change up in the actual timing and the selection of run versus pass. Like, and I think that's kind of what you were talking about, Kofi. Uh, well, in, yeah, in that, you know, uh, in that particular drive. My thing is like all year. The only two back sets that we've that I've seen our team run is when we've had uh Cherie in the backfield. Um he's he's a he's a quickster, um he is explosive, but the plays that we've used them, we haven't necessarily used them like we've used like a bishop bonnet. He's just been in the backfield, and that's the only two back set that we've basically had. I just feel like a little bit more diversity within the run game um, would help. You know, uh, I, I, we haven't shown a two-back set all year, let alone a three-back set. Uh, I saw a um, – who was that I saw with that? Um, anyway, I saw a, a team that was running, um, uh, I want to say, a diamond formation with the quarterback, and then you had three running backs behind them. So it was like a diamond formation, but they were able to run multiple running plays out of that set, you know, and at least your defense, the defense that you have or the defense that you're facing has to make some kind of adjustment based off the formation and stuff that you run. It's just, it just looks just kind of predictable when we have that one person back there. It's just like, it looks like, you know, we run blitz, then what? Just this particular game, McLeod was very effective against Grambling last year as he was effective against Grambling this year. So um, it'll be interesting to see what we got to do. Hopefully we can get everybody healthy. Jennings did not play this game. And that's another thing, you know, just even without the number of people that we had, we were without Eric Horn, we were without General Hunt, we were without Isaiah Land. We, um, we had uh, a couple of wide receivers that were down couple of linemen that were down during the game and injuries happen, but this team has proven to be pretty resilient um, throughout everything that they've had to go through and everything that they've had to face. 
they stayed the course. And so all of that is, uh, I think that that's commendable, you know. Do we, do we know the nature of those? I, I mean, I, I know it's just college football, a little bit different than the pros where a lot of, you know, that stuff is not sort of required in, in, in college, at the college level, that stuff is kept more close to the vest. But I, I wasn't expecting us to be without so many starters. I mean, I did not hear at any point in time going into that game that we were missing the number of starters. I mean, yes, we knew Isaiah Lamb had a injury or was nursing an injury off the South Carolina State game. That was really the only one that I knew of going into the game. But then you say we, we had almost, what, eight starters that, that didn't play. I mean, that's, that's telling. Uh, I mean, so any thoughts on that real quick before I go to another kind of a numbers thing? That you guys- well, I think, you know, the, this team, especially on defense in particular with that defensive backfield, we're pretty deep. Um, our linebackers have pretty decent depth. Uh, our wide receivers are deep. Um, running backs is getting kind of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's getting kind of it's getting kind of thin back there, but hopefully with this bye week we can get everybody healthy. And uh, you know, up front on the offensive line, um, hopefully getting people uh up to speed and healthy and really more importantly, coming off the ball, sticking your blocks, you know, maintaining your block um throughout the play, keeping the feet moving, driving people off the ball, all of that is is really key, especially going down the stretch, because all year long, have we had a running play of over 20 yards? Uh, I, I think um, – I think we've had about a 30 Yeah, I, I think um, Francis did against uh, – uh, what was that? Uh, Albany, Albany State. State? I think he had Alabama one. A&M? I think he had one whenever Francis played. Yeah. But that we was have the, not uh, had him. Was, was that the Albany State? Yeah. And so I think we're seeing the value of, you know, a Bishop Bonnet, you know, what he was able to bring to the table. But that's also one of the hallmarks of the Simmons running game. Even when we had Mr. Touchdown his first year, um, that explosive run off of the edge was something that, uh, was uniquely ours. Of course, last year, um, Bishop had multiple big runs versus uh, Alabama State versus, uh, Lord knows, uh, Alabama A&M. We were able to run the ball very effectively against South Carolina State last year, um, which is one of the reasons that we dominated. Against Mississippi Valley, Bishop Bonnet was able to um, close out the game and put us in position where we could definitely win it. Uh, he had an explosive run against Cookman. Um, but I haven't seen that burst with our running game this year. And so it's just interesting. I know we got that pound. You know, we got a pounding mentality. I'm cool with that. You know, wear the defense down. Make them have to tackle. But um, we're playing some very physical, very fast defenses coming down the stretch. And so we've got to find a way to generate points and maintain control of the clock. One of the other one of the other things that I, I I did some deep diving into the numbers on 
was our penalty situation. <clears throat> Obviously, in this game, 14 penalties for 172 yards. But over these past four games, it just it flashes a very dangerous trend. The out Albany State, I said Alabama State, Albany State game, we had three penalties for 10 yards. Okay, then we went on to buy. These are the last four games after that buy against Albany State, beginning with Alabama A&M. Eight penalties for 63 yards. Eight penalties for 86 yards. 15 penalties for 151 yards. 14 penalties for 172. Uh, and I think I read this in uh, Gerald Thomas's article in the Democrat. On the season, we have 60 penalties, which is fourth most in the FCS, 580 yards in penalties, third most in the FCS. That's in the nation. So we had a period where we were going in the right direction from the very first game of the season all the way into that break. But then we've gone the other way. And so I know that'll be one of the questions. I know that's being addressed. We'll get a chance to ask Coach Simmons about that a little bit later. But I'm always fascinated about what is the result of penalties? You know, I mean, you you could really go deep diving if you want to and try to say, is it ticky-tack penalties or is it the unsportsmanlike nature? Yeah, you, you point to the head. We had four of those unsportsmanlike penalties in that game. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's a carryover even from last year. You know, we had another. We had an opportunity to shut out South Carolina State last year, right? Shut them out at home. Shut them out in Bragg. The drive where they scored the touchdown was the drive that we had multiple penalties that sustained their drive, and it's just a mental. Mental errors, you know, tackling after the whistle, hitting the man unnecessarily, you know, not knowing when to pull up. Um, you know, guy goes near the sideline. You see he's going out. Don't touch him. Make sure he goes out of bounds, but know when to pull up. Because if you don't, for us, that's going to be a flag. And definitely when you play Southern, even if they are in Bragg, stuff like that will happen. Even if you play, and definitely when you go to Montgomery, that's going to be a big deal. So we've got to be more disciplined with our um, with our actions on the field, especially with that, because they're going to call it every time. Hey, can we take a short two-minute break, come back? I'm going to ask you guys for your game ball from this game, Grambling game, and then we got to get into talking about volleyball. And then uh, at the top of hour number two, we'll have Coach Simmons on with us. So let's take a two-minute break. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Caville of Dr. Caville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. 
it's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's, uh, there we go. Okay, going, uh, let's, let's go game balls. Game balls from, from this game against Grambling, fifth consecutive win. Calvin, uh, who's your game ball going to? I'm going with uh, Jamari. I mean, he had uh, 106 yards uh, receiving on eight catches. He was pretty productive. So, yeah, let, let's go with him. Okay, Kofi, uh, who's your game ball going to? That was going. That was he. That was mine, hands down. Uh, I want to give uh, 
you know, my man, the Bowler brothers coming in. I mean, they were cramping up at the end of the game. They were just hobbled like a mug for them to just even want to be out there speaks to their heart. And I want to say uh, my man Griffey, uh, low-key, um, on special teams has been having a, a really, really, really uh, strong year as a gunner. He is he is doing the thing, and he is one of the reasons why we're able to pin people deep uh, consistently. Um, his speed, his quickness, and his willingness to do that uh, speaks volumes, and so I want to give him a shout-out as well. But hands down, um, you know, Jamarie and uh, Xavier Smith has been extremely consistent, but we can look you know, again, you know, with the teams and the defenses that we're going to be playing, they're going to be doubling down on Zay, um, you know, to try to uh, get him off of his game. And it'll be interesting to see the adjustments that we make strategically uh, to get other people the ball. Uh, when their number, when your number is called, you just really, really, really have to make plays. So it was really good to see um, – um, my man, number zero, Jeremiah Pruitt, uh, catch that touchdown pass. You know, he's been a little inconsistent with his hands, but the capability is there. And he's a matchup nightmare, to be honest. And, uh, you know, got to get him the ball. You can't miss opportunities. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, since you guys, look, I, since you guys went offense, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. I, too, have become a big fan of – uh, Tevin Murphy, I, I've, oh. I've been noticing Griffey's work over the last few weeks in the special teams game. I don't know. Look, I, I don't recall seeing a special teams all conference outside of, you know, the, the returners and the, the punters, punt returners, things of that nature. But if there is a special teams unit or all SWAC special teams unit, uh, Tevin Griffey, he, he should be on it. I mean, he has done – not only have I watched him in terms of getting down and, and, and downing some punts in a few different home games, he's also done a great job tackling, and, and that was on full display. So uh, shout-out to uh, Tevin Griffey, who's finding finding a role, and, and that's, what, that's where it starts, right? It starts on special teams, and then, hey, he's carving out a, not, a, a niche where he, he'll, he'll find some time. But actually, my game ball is going to go to Kamari Stevens. Kamari Stevens, a big day, three tackles, three tackles for loss, three sacks, a forced fumble, a pass breakup, and a quarterback hurry. Big day for Kamari Stevens, number 97. Uh, a big day for him. So the big fella up front. And I, I think we've got two of the best interior linemen in, in, in the SWAC. Uh, in, in Stevens and Hunt. And uh, as, as long as those two are in the middle and those two are healthy, they're creating havoc. And, I, you know, I know we talked about finding pressure to get somebody on the other side of Isaiah Lamb, but if we got two guys like that creating havoc in the middle, I, I, I think that's uh, a... Stevens is an end. So so we got two guys right. that, that can put pressure from the outside. Uh, I thought... Hey man, you lip syncing. <laughs> Sorry, I thought he was playing in the interior, but okay. 
I'll take you. I'll take your word on it. Um, let's go to uh, any other any other news and notes. Obviously, that was win number fifty for Coach Simmons in his uh, head coaching career. Uh, any any other particular news and notes? What about the the attendance? You know, the attendance. Uh, what maybe like seven thousand? I mean, we didn't we didn't travel too well for that game. Rattler Nation didn't well, really travel. Think, look, it's it's for us. Let me say this: um, Grambling is a is always a big game, and it's just dumbfounding to me that they don't draw more from their own um, from their own fan base. I I know the tendency of Rattler Nation. Is, let me stick, speak to us first. Um, we had about 300 people there. Um, so we were able to represent on some level three, maybe if I'm pushing it, maybe 500, but that's pushing it an awful lot. 300 people, uh, in the stands. Um, we've got to prepare to do a better job of traveling on our road games to, because when you're there, you really do, um, establish a presence there. The The people that were there were good. The people that were there were loud. The people that were there were spirited. But when you have more, it really does matter. Uh, it affects the game. In addition to that, you know, having the band there is a big plus uh, because it gets your guys up. They know that they've got a sound in the stand that's going to be on their behalf. So then you have your, your Rattler Nation people that are there, and then you have the band that's there. But we got to do a better job of traveling because guess what? Come next year, we're playing the Texas schools, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. So if that's the case, we've got to prepare to, to go out there in droves. And it can't just be on the Dallas chapter just to do it or the Houston or the people out there in Texas out west to do it. We gotta put it in our budget, and the band definitely needs to be there. The cheerleaders need to be there. The little flag, the flag man, need to be there. You know, uh, all of those entities need to be there. But it's dumbfounding to me that Grambling is between two of the largest cities in Louisiana, and they can't draw. I don't, I don't get it. It's like it's a nice stadium, it's a nice facility. Monroe is the largest city in the north. Shreveport is the second largest city in the north, and they're in between. They got rust in there as well. So you've got well over uh, 100,000, 300,000 black people within that area, and you can't draw 20,000 people to come to your game? Not to mention you are two hours from Houston. So all of the Houston Grambling people that that are there, it's like y'all don't have no allegiance to come to the game. It just it's just dumbfounding me. It's very puzzling to me. You know, um that being said, it's not my problem. I don't live in Gramlin. I'm not a Gramlin fan like that, but I, I, I do think that they could um <laughs> I do think they could do better um with their attendance. Um Yeah. You know, I just I just really do. I, I, I hear that hundred thing with Atlanta. I think that that's great that they had that opportunity. Um, and I think that that's there, but the president, the university, everybody involved needs to put it in the budget to create 
um, something where our, our band is going to be there on the road. I mean, it's the chief ambassador. Find a way to get it done. But the good thing is we do have a solution in place. You'll be hearing about it later on this week. And we're ready to go on ahead and get started so that the 100 going forward will be at all of the SWAT games. I do want to talk about that that you just mentioned, but we'll do that a little bit later in the show. Let's transition real quick to volleyball while we've got some time here before we got coach coming up. And uh, let me make mention. So, you know, we're on an incredible streak right now with our volleyball team, our volleyball program going out to, we did the Mississippi trip, Jackson state and Mississippi Valley state, two of the uh, Mississippi schools in our Eastern division. Of course, Jackson State is a rematch of the championship game where we defeated them 3 to 2 and also they were that was the first team that we played in the SWAT last year. And so as good of a non-conference season we had, we were feeling real good about ourselves. They came and they kind of smacked us a little bit the last time we went to Jackson. So it was good to see the ladies get a 3 to 1 victory. Uh, despite the fact that I know we we dropped the first set like 26-24, but we responded well and won the the next three sets, uh, 25-15, 25-21, 25-19. Dominique Washington, 17 kills. Uh, I think I read 13 digs as well. Two blocks, two aces. Aja Jones had 14 kills and a block up front. Uh, Brooklyn uh, Watts had 13 kills, 13 digs as well. Then we traveled over to Mississippi Valley State, uh, swept them 3-0, and our record now sits at 11-11. and Back to 500 with an eight-game winning streak in the SWAC, and I think – is it nineteen? Is that is it nineteen against SWAC opponents, Kelvin? Do you do you recall? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think that was up. the number. Yeah, nineteen in a row. So yeah. it's a good run. It's a good run right now. I think I was looking at the standings in my notebook here. Uh, we're sitting at eight and zero, right behind us. Grambling State is six and one in conference play. Alabama State is six and one. Of course, those, their only loss in conference play is to us. And then Jackson State is 6-2 and two in conference play. So that's sort of how the top four look. And I, don't, I think everybody else after that is below 500 in the conference. Um, so this weekend, this Friday, we got Bethune-Cookman at home. So hopefully we can get a good crowd. We have not, you know, surprisingly, we are 0-4. At home. So the ladies really need your support, Rattler Nation, uh, so that we can get the first home win of the year. We've actually played more games away from Tallahassee than at home thus far. SWAC honors just came out today. A couple of Rattlers uh, were back on that list. Uh, Iramu Carr, setter of the week. Key assist. In the uh, for Rattlers hitters, a total of 71 assists in a two match span. Uh, as we we won our 20th consecutive match, so that's uh, we're up to 20 now, Kelvin. 20. Uh, she recorded 49 of her 71 assists 
in the game against Jackson State. She leads the league in total assists at 539. Newcomer of the week, Brooke Lynn Watts contributed to the Rattlers offense and defense. She had 18 kills, 17 digs, two blocks, an assist, and an ace. Uh, in addition, she contributed 20 and a half points to help us claim that 20th consecutive victory. Watts is currently ranked fifth in the league in points at 239. And just to kind of let folks know kind of, hey, where are we statistically? I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Did we we swept the awards last year, did we not? Yes. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see who sweeps what because we got a couple young ladies doing some outstanding things. I mean, I think Iram's going to win uh, in terms of setter of the year again. I, I think that's without a doubt. But we've also got uh, Aja Jones is leading the conference in uh, hit percentage uh, at point three seventy one. In terms of kills, Dominique is sitting at number two in the conference, averaging 3.55. And then uh, sitting in fifth is Brooklyn Watts. So Brooklyn and Dominique, two, uh, two outside hitters sitting right there in the mix. Um, Diggs, uh, Brooke Hudson, we talk about that defensive player award. Brooke Hudson averaging 4.36 digs per set. Um, and then when it comes to points, Dominique is third in terms of points. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Dominique repeats sort of as player of the year, uh, so on and so forth. But I, but I feel really confident, feels really good that uh, FAMU might take away a few of these statistical numbers. Uh, what's the time on that game against uh, BCU? Uh, on Friday, guys. Is that I don't know. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. I, I believe yeah, you're I right. You're saw. correct. All right. So that's a six o'clock. Six o'clock match. Uh, any other talking points that you guys want to hit on regarding volleyball? No, I think that, you know, just really with with the uh, the volleyball team, all of this is great. I want to see us just sweep through the tournament. The tournament is is really what matters. And uh, we've had some close calls. It's not over till we win the tournament. And we got to win the tournament. Agreed. Shout out to the uh, golf team, too. They they won the tournament also this past weekend. Right. Which is about the third. Which is about the, what, the third tournament of the fall that they won. Yeah, they. Um, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think they out. They finished one under in that tournament, but I think they outshot the next closest opponent by like 26 or 28 shots. Um, I think that's the, the headline that I saw. Uh, real quick, we'll go to that. Um, well, I, I don't. I can't pull that up real quick. We'll we'll try to mention that. I, I don't have. I didn't pull that up, unfortunately. Shame on me. But um, yeah, that's uh, another good win 
for golf. You know, uh, I see Hollow talking about broadcasting the volleyball game. Man, I would love for us to see whether that volleyball game is going to be broadcast. Um, maybe we can send a text to somebody and see if uh, if that's going to happen or not. So and we, you I know, do this. we've got to do yeah, a better. Go ahead. Go ahead. Our sports, you know, just really with the marketing aspects. Um, there's an article in the fam Ewan that talked about us uh, supporting our women's sports teams. And I'm in agreement with that. I think that we can do a better job. I think once we get uh, the information that these teams are out there uh, and that they're playing their game time, their schedules, we need to do a better job of knowing when they're playing so that we can come out and support them as much as we can, because that, contributes to the overall athletic experience of our athletes when they know that there is a nation there's a group of people that support what they're doing support the fact that they've been sacrificing their bodies sacrificing their time to represent us they're one of the chief ambassadors of the university and it's important that we get behind these programs and support them Um, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, I, I saw, I saw a note asking about who did golf play and, you know, I'll be, I'll be blunt. I have no idea. And part of that is because there's no information out there now. I mean, you know, shame on, shame on us, shame on me for not going to dig it. Cause it's not like we don't have, we don't know coach. It's not like we can't, we, we know coach, we can contact coach and get the information. But this is what we're talking about. We're talking, I mean, uh, the increase in staffing and the, this is one of the things that we'll be looking to uh, AD or VP Sykes to do is to help the communication, help Josh Padilla and that communication department to be able to put more information out and make it more available because it, sometimes it's like hunting, man. You, you have no idea how many levels you have to go sometimes to find information, which you think should just be readily available. I'm, I'm just going to say that, you know, but, but it's I, guys are working hard. Guys are working hard. I know it. Um, they just need more help. Uh, so do more with more. Hey, uh, let's see if we can take a quick two-minute break. Hopefully we got Coach Simmons ready on the other side. Uh, if not, we, we've got a couple other things we can get into until Coach gets there, uh, gets here. So uh, you're watching the ONG Strike, so we'll be back in just a minute. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... <laughs> Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. 
make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi here. I did want to, uh, as we're as we're waiting on Coach Simmons to get in, obviously very busy man, so we're kind of on his schedule, kind of waiting on him. Uh, I did want to take a second and spend what little bit of time we have and maybe kind of hit through some of the folks that are on um, YouTube that are, that are asking some really good questions. Um, but before I get to all of you great folks there, I wanted to come back and circle back to something we talked about in the last segment regarding the 100. Uh, many of you saw the article or the headline 
that stated uh, a commitment from Dr. Robinson to commit more resources to the marching hundred. So we go to Kofi and uh, try to get a little more insight into what that looks like or what he's hearing that may look like. Well, you know, that's a, that's interesting word, but basically all of this came to a head um, during the University of North Carolina game, of course, where, of course, our football team and APR and all that stuff was already in our face. So that opened the door for uh, a lot more scrutiny. So this began with uh, a lot of our band students communicating um, that, hey, you know, you think the football team is getting treated bad. We we don't get half of that. And then they had pictures with them eating on the side of the road, sitting on the curb, all of that stuff. And it just was a bad look uh, for the universe. Um, and the fact that this is, quote unquote, America's band. So uh, to go on that trip, even with an overnight stay, over nine hours, you're still supposed to be able to provide the band three hot meals a day. And, um, you know, just in this day and age, a box lunch like that for what the band brings to the table is just unacceptable. They could have done better than that. And I think that that's what um, President Robinson is. I think I know that they're getting an extra night down in Orlando um, for the Florida Classic, which is something that they have not done uh, times two. But in addition to that, let me just explain that just after the game, uh, the band basically went down to, after the Florida Classic, they would go down to Jones High School um, and change in the, in the bathrooms at Jones, which may be clean, no shade on Jones, or may not be clean. You know, maybe spotless, may not be spotless. No shade on Jones, but when you go into a high school bathroom, um, that's what you expect. So, you know, just really with that, that's that's not the way that you give your kids a world-class experience. And so I think President Robinson uh, took ownership of that and said that we can do better and they desire to do better. And uh, that's a start. Um, we had talked with them about, um, you know, going to additional games and stuff like that. And that's great. But I want to say that... Um, Rattler Nation, we've got an opportunity to support the band as well. And so uh, another good thing that's that's coming down the pike is that we started an organization called 8 to 5 Incorporated, which is going to be a direct support organization for the Marching 100. And we're going to help to do whatever we can to provide additional resources for the band. And it's very simple. We're going to begin and really kick off uh, later on this week uh, our cash app challenge with or for the March 100 for the band uh, to be able to create funds so that the band can go to Alabama State and do some more things uh, like scholarship money on the spot for Dr. Chipman when he goes on his recruitment trips. Um, you know, he has to go through so much red tape just to hand out a scholarship to somebody that wants to come to your school, you know, uh, and it takes all that time. By the time he goes through all of the red tape, you got Southern, you got Tennessee State, you got Jackson State, you got Bethune Cookman, you got a number of different schools that are making it a whole lot easier and offering uh, more money in many cases uh, for these um, 
for these recruits to go to their schools. So we want to make it easy, uh, easier for Dr. Chipman to be able to have access to funds that the band needs to maintain the status as America's band, but then also go to the next level as America's band so that they can, you know, set the next level of trends, continue to be innovative, continue to be trendsetters, continue to be great and be able to sustain it. So for those of you that are on the line on tonight, you want to get a head start on this homecoming challenge. The cash app is hashtag 825INC. Hashtag 825INC. We are working on trying to get the band to Montgomery. Uh, for the record, that is a $200,000 uh, investment. So we are working on that as we speak. But, uh, you know, I think Raptor Nation can do it given the uh, the space and the time that we have going into next week. So once again, that cash tag is cash tag 825INC. If you want to go to Zelle, the, the, uh, the email on Zelle is the number 8TO, the number 5INC at gmail.com. That's the number 8TO, the number 5INC at gmail.com. So again, the, the cash app, that's the number eight, the number two, the number five, I-N-C. And then uh, on Zelle, it's the number eight, letter T, letter O, number five, I-N-C, correct? Yes, at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Okay, so correct. that's good. Uh, that That's a good transition to something that we put out there sort of in Twitter spaces and it was uh, more of a, a call to action. I mean, obviously we've done these before. Sometimes y'all listen, sometimes y'all don't <laughs> like we didn't try to tell y'all about certain things and then everybody acts all surprised when stuff happens. It doesn't happen. But anyway, uh, I, I made a, I made note to, to tweet out, with homecoming approaching, asking Rattler Nation to pay attention to what FAMU spends money on, where donations are coming from, and to what they are going towards. All right? Now, we've asked Dr. Robinson out, just like Kofi was talking about donating funds to the band. But we've asked Dr. Robinson to treat and invest in athletics like the rest of the university. Lots of checks are going to be coming in. Lots of classes. Lots of things are going to be coming in for for homecoming. Are any of these entities looking out for athletic programs or athletic facilities? So one of the things that I thought of and I'm just tossing this out there, and I'm going to put on a poll. I'm going to put a Twitter poll out. But if we – and I'm not going to take full credit on this, but I, I got a lot, of, a lot of help from some good people out there. Uh, if we start a campaign, an $18.87 campaign, to put behind a particular athletic program, which program should we get behind? And, 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 you know, I, it's hard because we have a lot of needs. But I know in this show, we I know we've talked to the women's basketball coach. We've talked to baseball. Uh, softball probably has some needs. And uh, we've talked with golf. So if we put those four out there, 
you know, what do we think, what do you guys think about potentially putting our efforts over the next, I mean, obviously 10 days before homecoming game, but in terms of creating that buzz and creating that rallying campaign, what I'm going to call the, uh, the OMG 1887 donation drive, athletic donation drive. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that guys? What, what do you, what do you think? Well, I think it's something that that needs to happen. I think as many entities as we can that can get behind our athletic um, programs, I think is is definitely um, we got to have it. You know, we need all hands on deck, and we also not need to we we don't only need to just come together. We need to work smart. We need to work smart. You know, how can we tap in? And, and and galvanize the necessary resources to take FAMU athletics to the next level. And that's a conversation that we really need to have. I think it's just dumbfounding. And I want to apologize just to everybody because I was supposed to um I was supposed to be at the Board of Trustees meeting and my wife got sick on that month on that morning and I wasn't able to just get there. Uh but what I was going to say was, you know, here we are once again, you know, literally since 2018 was the last time that I went before them. And we're in the exact same spot. The exact same spot. If we want to see championship, your athletes not only need coaches, the coaches that are there need resources. Not only do, and when we say resources, what do resources mean? Well, we found out the hard way. We need compliance officers. Not only do we need compliance officers, we need nutritionists. Not only do we need nutritionists, we need athletic trainers in position. Not only do we need trainers, we need weight equipment for all of our sports, not just weight trainers, not just uh, equipment. We need trainers, specific trainers for all of our sports. If we're serious about going to the next level and trying to compete for championships, you know, now let's go back to facilities. We already have a way for us to be able to get, again, a 35,000 seat stadium, we already have uh, on the table for us to get an indoor practice facility. We already have on the table to get um, additional things that can automatically begin to shift. Even the field house for athletics, the thing that Milton Overton had on the table, there is a way to get that done. You know, with complete with a hotel, complete with a shopping center, complete with a number of different things that would enhance the overall FAMU athletic experience. You know, the field house itself, it needs uh, it needs theater seating for the team, multiple meeting rooms for the team, training tables for the team, a cafeteria for the team, uh, food specific for the team. Down. Huh? What do you say? That whole building needs to be just. That whole building just needs I mean, to be torn down. And put, we put lipstick. We put lipstick on the pig, and and I don't want us to get complacent 
when there is a way of escape. When there's a way of escape, we can have all of that and more. We need a whole three-story. We need a much larger weight room than the one that we have. A better equipped weight room than the one that we have. You know, it's 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 unacceptable for a division one program. Yeah, I love the I love the colors of the weight room. I love the weights that have the Florida and them brand on it. I love the way that it looks aesthetically. It looks amazing, right? But at the same time, is that our level? No. Is that where we need to be? No. So leadership has to press the mark for us to go to the next level. Hello? Uh, jump in there, Kelvin, with some thoughts. Jump in there with some thoughts, Kelvin. I mean, we've talked about it uh, uh, a lot. You know, I, I sent out a, a, a link to the NCA uh, expense and revenue report, the, the latest one that goes up to uh, the season ending in 2021. And, and you know, it breaks it down by FBS, FCS, and so forth. I don't know if you had a chance to go through all of it yet, but, I mean, it tells the same story. In order to be uh, a championship program, you got to do more and more. Um, you know, uh, the range um, for us, again, target 12 to 15 million minimum, and that still would, would have us toward the lower end of uh, – athletic budgets within the FCS. But um, in order for the programs to be the best that they can be, we got to, you know, we don't even have full-time coaches, you know, like with, with volleyball or the, the matchman number they can have and, and other sports. And so those are things the COVID talking about. And so when we talk about these different campaigns and doing things, uh, I really want us to look at uh, – I don't know what it's going to take to get a, uh, you know, the administration on board with a um, athletic capital campaign, an actual structured athletic campaign, but uh, endowed athletic scholarships uh, would definitely, definitely should be a part of that, along with uh, facilities and so forth. And, and, and you know, I'm going to just keep uh, talking and talking. Hopefully it'll, it'll get some traction. No, good, good points. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to put that, uh, that poll out there and then kind of give folks a, a day or two. We want to hear from you guys, uh, on, make sure you're following us on Twitter at ONG strike zone and, uh, begin the process. I mean, we, we got to start somewhere, obviously until, uh, VP Sykes, uh, gets into the role and, and hopefully, over these next two months, uh, she is able to put together a, a, a workable plan or at least have a strategy so that when she hits boots to the ground in Tallahassee, that she's able to run, she's able to go. Um, you know, that she already has some ideas and has already started reaching out to people um, in terms of who she would like to hire, who she would like to come on. Um, I, I don't know how the process works, Kelvin. How does the how will the process work for her? What can what insights can you give into the hiring process? I mean, does she have the ability 
uh, even though she's been hired, uh, uh, presumably has signed all paperwork and things like that, uh, does she have the ability to go through the hiring process or does something like that have to happen once she is firmly established here in Tallahassee or, or in Tallahassee? Ask that question again. She, she, well, okay. She so, has to be employee of the university, just to you know, cut it short. So until she's uh, you know, eyes dotted, t's across, then we have an interim in place. And and I'll give you an example. I know that uh, there's a, a process for the director of track uh, that's ongoing currently, uh, where yes. interviews are being done by a committee and so forth. So uh, now I'm sure that. In some form of fashion, she's been kept abreast of that process. But uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, there's some things, some positions that have to be filled between, and they can't wait till she get here. So, um, right, she wouldn't be but a part of the process. And and, it, and you know, there's ways now with technology you can zoom and be a part of the process. But until she's officially started here and left for her other position. Uh, she probably won't be directly involved. So, I, and I was just thinking in terms of her staff and hiring staff. So, I mean, now technically, uh, do, do we know if, and, and that's one of the things, uh, and I, I, full transparency to everybody out there, I'm, we're working uh, behind the scenes to see if we can get uh, VP Sykes on. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that here in the upcoming weeks that uh, there's an opportunity for us to have her on the show. Uh, but again, you know, I'm just curious about you brought up having to be an employee. Can she be an employee, Kelvin, and even maybe not receiving a check until January 4th? You know what I'm saying? I don't know how the university policies work in that respect. I don't know anybody who works for free, Brian. <laughs> the two go hand in hand. I, if you got a point. contract. That's a good point. And you go on payroll then. <laughs> All right. Well said. Well said. All right. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a break. Come back. We got to get into the SWAC roundup and um, go through what was, what happened, the big news regarding some suspensions. And Coach Prime, since the minute. Oh, yeah. Kelvin wants to talk about Coach Prime 60 minutes. I'm. I'm kind of like, man, but okay. Kevin wants to talk about it, so you know, we'll 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 talk about it. That's it more coming up on it the other side. Coming coming up on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's like a loop machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. You see, Head & Shoulders has Scalp Shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working! I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders Scalp Shield, never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.melvinboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded, Coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic. We can help. Find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season.
Dynasty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajestees.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. Uh, obviously, you know, we were expecting, hoping we had Coach Simmons on. Obviously, very busy, uh, even on a with a bye weekend. I know they practice early in the morning, so um, he, he must have had some obligations. And so we, we're going to try to reschedule that interview with him or the conversation with him for next Wednesday. Uh, hopefully, we'll even have Coach uh, McCullum on next Wednesday. I think we had worked out. To well, try don't rule him out just on. yet. Well, I mean, we, we really, it'd be hard to get him in this time. I mean, we, we have a, we have a hard out at 10 o'clock. So there's not, it doesn't give us much time uh, with, uh, with coach. So that's why I say, hey, let's, let's, let's give coach Spade a shout out, you know, for coming back. Uh, uh, he's back on the sideline now. I mean, I was, I was glad to see it. Uh, he, and um, you know, glad he's recovering from his uh situation, and and he's a veteran presence on the staff uh, that's been sorely missed. And he's over the tight end, so maybe they'll see a little more action now. But but just most importantly, just thank God that uh he's recovered and enough that he can come back to work and uh, do what he loves. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I I wanted to make sure we got to that, so I'm glad you you brought that up. Uh, it was good seeing those pictures of uh, Coach Spady this morning. I know Rory and uh, uh, maybe it was just Rory or Gerald. Uh, somebody had Gerald. posted out some yeah. pictures, Gerald. So uh, shout out to both those guys. And, and then, yeah, definitely good to see Coach Spady back. I I think one of the things that I'm interested to see, and this is one of the things that I, that I had hoped to find out from Coach, the amount of self-scouting that goes on during the bye week, uh, it will be interesting. Because as many of us who watch this team, we see certain tendencies and we see things. And you best believe that there are other schools who have coaches, assistant coaches, grad assistants, who are scouting us as well and scouting our tendencies. Now, you know, so it makes you wonder here going down the stretch, if we are to have an opportunity and obviously needing to win out is real important, then we've got to find ways to 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 clean up or recalibrate, maybe is a better word, what we do and how we do on the offensive side of the ball. And so that's why it'll be interesting to see what the self-scouting process is like um, over the course of these these two weeks heading into the UAPB game. And so that that's one of the question marks or things that I had uh, that I'm curious about 
heading into the uh, remainder of the season. All right, let's go through the slack roundup here. Final segment of the show. Obviously, before we get into just quickly the recaps, big news was the suspensions were finally decided upon, but they, they were decided upon on Monday of this week. Interest, interestingly enough, I, I'm surprised that they, they were announced on to, Monday. <laughs> they were announced on Monday, but yeah, now, I think, okay, I think so, they knew last week, but they just waited the Monday to announce. But go ahead. <laughs> sorry, so are you going conspiracy theory here, Kelvin, that they didn't want Absolutely. to. It just made I don't no think it sense. was conspiracy. Uh, yeah, it made no sense to uh, announce it on a Friday and Thursday when the team is already practice with those particular players and everything to take them out at the last minute. So it made sense to wait. So now they have a whole week. You mute yourself. You have two two particular incidents involving pregame situations that happen in a week. And what I'm referring to, I'm referring to the coach prime at Alabama State, and referring to what happened in Southern and uh, Prairie View. I think it would have been a great opportunity for the conference to make a firm statement about its pregame policies and what people should be doing, where people should be at, the amount of accountability that coaching staffs, because honestly, when I listen to Coach Dooley, in his presser with the media, I, I heard no accountability for the actions of his players. So you can clearly see, and they had numbers, you could clearly see numbers on their on their warm-up shirts or whatever they were. I, I was just I was disappointed. You know, and I and I get it. I look, if if it were FAMU playing in a big game and our players had done something dumb like what Southern and Prairie View players did. I would be hoping that the conference would wait until after the big game against, you know, the Southern Alcorn game. You know, if we were in that situation playing one of those two teams, I would certainly hope that after that, then they made this. Because look who they're playing this week. Southern's playing who? Uh, VUL. That's a win. That's a, that's not even an NAIA school. That's a USCAAA school, right? And then who is uh, Prairie View playing? They're traveling to Lamar. Uh, I mean, you know, non-conference game. You know, I don't know. So they picked the right weekend to drop these suspensions. Let me ask both of you this. Do you feel like the conference that these should have been suspensions for SWAT games or just one game in general? Typically, it's just, <sighs> it's just you know, whatever, whenever the next game, once you announce it, it's whoever come up next. And it just so happened for both teams, they're playing out of conference. I think that's just the way it feels. Kofi? I agree. I mean, I'm glad that they didn't interfere with the with the SWAC uh, game last week with that, especially with them having to review. And they did have to go through the number of players that were there. Now, do I think that they took into account that Southern was playing all corn? Uh, this week, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that that's, you know, I think absolutely they took it to account. 
uh, what that would mean and the effect that it would have potentially on the game. So I think that they did the right thing. Um, I'm glad they took their time with it. I'm glad that the, the, the result came the way that it did. But let this be a lesson going forward, um, you know, uh, to handle your business. I think that uh, Purview is very careless with their on the field stuff, you know, with the people that they were supposed to have out there to make sure that nothing like this was going to happen. Um, and that's that. So, you know, I, I, I'm kind of disappointed uh, also with Dooley because I feel like you need to have a pulse of your team um, and know your team and know the capability of your team. Not that you're going to always control everything that young people do, but to be out there um, and have somebody out there to control their emotions or at least focus that energy is always key because young people are just young people and they sometimes make dumb decisions. So there you go. All right. Uh, fair enough. I'll, I'll be the hard line old curmudgeon in, uh, in this, in this scenario. All right. Uh, <laughs> Slack roundup here. Uh, of course, we had the the game right in Jacksonville, involving uh, Jackson State with a forty eight to eight win over McCune Cookman. Uh, what do you? I, I was actually kind of uh, pleased to hear Coach Prime's positive words regarding the twenty two thousand plus folks who showed up, uh, and and then seeing pictures of the stadium from guys like Mike Reed who sent me some photos the spacing out of people was pretty good. Um, so you didn't have a, a half empty stadium like, uh, you know, yeah, you coach prime had, what'd you say? Yeah, you it was, it was empty, but it was more than what they would have had yeah, had they played in Daytona. The stadium hosted some thousand and you, and you only had announced, official announced crowd of 20 something, 20,000. So, uh, 20, you know, it was 22, 22,000. But, but the point is, that it, it is what it wasn't was to be. Um, now, obviously, uh, speaking of Coach Prime, he had his 60 minutes piece uh, that aired on Sunday. Um, Calvin, I know you had some thoughts you wanted to uh, to expand upon as it related to that. I'm uh, so I wanted to give you a moment to kind of what 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 impressed you about that about that piece that you heard uh, on sixty minutes. Well, I mean, Coach Prime, he, he is right. He's authentic. What you see is not just a show from him. That's how he is. You know, that's his brain, and, and he sticks with it. So, uh, what I guess his it's called to, for HBCU administrators, fans, and, and, and supporters to, to expect more and, and to, to, to want more, right? He, you know, he kind of put a challenge. You know, some folks looked at, look at that as a negative. I do not. Um, we tried to recruit the best students in our academic areas that we can. Why wouldn't we do that with uh, our athletic programs? We make improvements 
and renovate our dorms and our classroom and our cafeterias and our student unions. Why wouldn't we do that for our athletic facilities? It makes no sense, right? And you're talking about in today a department that has a ten $10 million dollar budget impact and and you know have your largest events on campus. There's no homecoming game and those 40 people on campus without football. So I'm, I'm just, you know, so I thought he did a really good job of articulating, um, you know, challenging us not to be the self-mediocrity uh, 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 have to choose one or the other. We can we can be great. We can be great with 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 all right. We we, but we got to commit to it. And um, not everybody's a prime time. Not a, not everybody got his resources right. His 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 connections, his uh, his uh, swag so to speak. So everybody you can't everybody you can't duplicate what he he's doing, but. You can see that it's possible in a very short time. He's he's really impacted. I mean, hell, he's on 60 minutes nationally, right? As the head coach of JSU. So so I, I just I, I like it. I have to give him credit for it. And I like that he's challenging us and he's unapologetic about it. Because uh frankly, that's 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 what we should be striving for, excellence and trying to be the best in all we do. And um, that and we got to be committed to it. And then I also have to make note because there's some folks who just get drunk with people are here for the culture, you know, and you know that I ain't you ain't swagging all that kind of stuff. Um, at the end of the day, we all work for an opportunity to better ourselves, right? And to be in an environment where we feel appreciated. So. Um, I appreciate him being honest and transparent. I, you know, I that it doesn't it didn't surprise me, but I know it hit some people hard when he said when they asked about you know him leaving in a Power Five. I mean, he's shown you throughout his tenure as he's went on interviews and so forth, and his name keeps popping up. But uh, I mean, he's at Jackson State till he's not, just like our coaches. And fam, you too, he's not. I mean, that's that's the nature of the business. So, you know, nobody should be salty. Because what he's done in this time there, he didn't he didn't he didn't put him in a good he, he they're in a better position than where, where he was when he got there. So they need they, they need to show look show the man love. But I appreciate Coach Prime. I just I thought he he uh it was important that he used that platform the way he did. Kofi, do you want to add anything about that 60-minute piece there? I thought it was dynamic, you know. It's it's not often that, you know, you see it's, it's always good to have uh, our HBCU shown in a positive light. I think that, you know, people got the opportunity to see person uh, the personality and the heart of Deion Sanders as well as what he was walking into legitimately, um, you know. It wasn't given to him for him to do what he did. He got out there, he busted his tail, and he built that program uh, to where it is. And he's still building and trying to take it to the next level. He's not done. So it's important for us, you know, as uh, 
you know, as as a fan base, as a concerned constituency, to demand more, to to go after more. Now, one thing that I can say, you know, honestly about Coach Simmons is that he has gone after more. Um, the uh, the young man that got drafted in the first round, who was the number one recruit in the in the in the country at the time, came on our campus for a visit, and I think that that. That was before Dion went to Jackson State. But going back to the interview, I think that the interview was good for HBCU football. I think it was good for HBCUs um, to be shown in that light, to show that um, you can go to an HBCU and still have access to be able to be an NFL player. I wholeheartedly know, for beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if Shador had gone to FAU, he would not get near the publicity that he's getting at Jackson State with his father. It would, it's, it's nowhere near what he would get. You know, if, if Shiloh had stayed at the University of South Carolina, he would get nowhere near the energy that he's getting now and the love that he's getting now right there at Jackson State University, you know. And uh, it's important for our people to understand that, that, uh, you know, as ambassadors, that we have the opportunity. So let's do what we can, you know, let's do what we can to push the narrative. Uh, I do also want to say that FAMU's Marching 100 was on uh, 60 Minutes uh, back in the day as well without a celebrity, but that's neither here nor there. All right, no shame. All right. Uh, they, they actually may have been on uh, 60 Minutes twice, if I'm not mistaken. 60 Minutes uh, and 2020, but nobody's counting. So, boom. Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, another big game that occurred over the weekend, obviously, was the Southern win over Alcorn State, 21-17. to Important for FAMU in a couple of different ways. Uh, one... The West now, I mean, obviously you have three clear teams in the West. Southern, Alcorn, Prairie View. Southern has beaten Alcorn and Prairie View in back-to-back weeks. But Southern still has a tough road ahead because they do have to play FAMU. They do have to play Jackson State. So Southern getting back-to-back. So getting those wins is, you know, a, a good start for Southern. But it does not guarantee them. Uh, a, a championship. Alcorn and Prairie View still have to play each other. Prairie View still has – both of those – actually, no. Alcorn still has to play Jackson. So, you know, who knows? It, at the end of the day, Prairie View, Prairie View may be the team that comes out smelling like roses based on schedule. But I but I mentioned that game from the standpoint of if FAMU is to have an opportunity – and the only way that I see FAMU have an opportunity to get into the playoffs and, and be in the conversation is, one, Southern continues to win. Two, that when that contest between FAMU and Southern happens in Tallahassee, the first Saturday in November, FAMU wins that game. And that hopefully maybe Southern still somehow finds a way to get into the SWAC championship game. Because then it adds some credibility in terms of RPI, uh, you know, looking at who you defeated during the course of the year, and it helps FAMU. So 
in essence, um, you guys, I think, pick Southern to win the West. We want Southern to win the West after they lose to us. But I, I really feel like that's the only scenario that is open for FAMU to get to the playoffs. Obviously, A, you got to win out. B, Southern has to uh, win the West somehow, some way. Uh, what are your thoughts on my theory or just in general that Southern Alcorn State game? And I'll go to you, Kofi. Got a, a, about a, just a few minutes, so be quick. That was an amazing game. Uh, I, the explosion that Southern has on offense, they can beat you a multiple multiple ways their receivers are big they're dynamic i thought shaq davis was amazing but they got shaq davis on the left they got shaq davis on the right they got shaq davis in the dirt slot shaq davis type bill and receivers they are tall lean and fast so they've got incredible length um and they can high point the ball they can catch they can run uh all of those things then the running backs they can pound you they can go around you they can go through you, um, and they catch the ball out of the backfield. They can go over you. Their tight ends are dynamic. They're fast. Their quarterback uh, can can throw the ball, uh, has proven himself to be able to throw the ball. He's mobile to beat you, mobile enough to beat you with his legs. They look scary, bro. And that defensive line is just, you know, was phenomenal. The way that they were, be able, they were able to um, maintain their physicality with Alcorn, um, you know, I thought was great, but Alcorn was in there in the last minute. But of course, being in Baton Rouge, you know, they didn't get the spot that they probably would have had they been playing in Lorman. If that game's in Lorman, that ball is spotted totally different. But hey, you get what you get. That's home cooking. And uh, you get what you get. Don't throw a fit and swack. You just got to be able to roll with them punches. But Alcorn was right there at the end with an opportunity. I'm I'm curious as to why they didn't have their main running back in that game, um, you know, really running that ball or why they didn't, you know, because uh, they had also been gashing them with the pass on that drive. Um, and I guess they just kind of wanted to felt that they could pick up the per- the first down with the run. But, um, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's water under the bridge. They got a, I thought, was a very bad spot. On um, on third and fourth down, and uh, Kelvin, that's any, that. anything anything quickly you want to add in there regarding that Southern Alcorn game and what that means for FAMU? No, no, great, great game because we it means Jaguar Alcorn, Nation is coming. Uh, yeah, because uh, Southern won that game. Um, that's good for us. Um, we do want Southern to continue winning. We want Jackson State to continue winning, and we want Alabama State. And a and to continue winning as much as possible. So they, at, you know, when it's time, they're looking at resumes. They see that we got wins over at least four teams with winning records. Um, now, Southern is very, very interesting because they got uh, um, Jackson State and us still left. Jackson State still got, uh, what, Alcorn left and Southern and Texas, uh, Texas Southern and Alabama A&M. So there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of, and all these games are like back to back. So, you know, there, there's a lot of pitfalls for all the top teams, but you got three, three, three and one, uh, three, one loss teams, you got, and then defeated, uh, JU. So it, 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 it's, it, it's money time, baby. It's getting good. Mute, 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 mute. 
We'll talk more next uh, next uh, week about the performance by UAPB, UAPB's Kayvon Britton. Whew, goodness, uh, that's going to be a load to try to deal with and tackle. But we'll talk about more about him next week. All right, let's go quickly to this upcoming week's uh, games. I'm just going to run down. Don't give me picks just yet. Just this, these are the SWAT games this week. Texas Southern at Alcorn State. That's a two central on ESPN plus central on ESPN plus. Yeah, actually all three schools in Mississippi have homecomings, uh, which is weird, but anyway, Alcorn Jackson and Mississippi all have homecoming games. Uh, Jackson state is hosting Campbell. That'll be an interesting contest, a big game, non-conference game of the week. I'm sure that's a three Eastern on ESPN plus Bethune is at Mississippi Valley. That's on HBCU Go at 3 Central. Prairie View travels to Lamar. That's 4 Central on ESPN+. And Southern's hosting VA Lynchburg. All right, so here we go. Top five pick'em games of the weekend, fellas. Here we go. How about this one in the MEAC? North Carolina Central at South Carolina State. The defending champs could basically be done if North Carolina Central gets a win. Who you got? Central or South Carolina State? Quickly, go. Central. Kelvin. I'm not picking against uh, Central again. Me Central. neither. Me neither. Two. Okay, 3-0 and oh for Central. Uh, interesting game. Hampton got their first win in the CAA. This week for homecoming, they're hosting number 21-ranked Richmond. Who you got? Hampton or Richmond? Richmond. Richmond. Hey, this ain't Robin Moore. This ain't Robin Morris, buddy. Richmond's a different kind of <laughs> game. Uh, I'm going Richmond. Ah, okay. You guys go Richmond. I, I, I want to go Hampton, but I'm, I'm gonna stick with you guys. Bethune Cookman at Mississippi Valley State. Another road game for the Wildcats. Cookman. Who you got? Going Cookman. Cookman. Kelvin. Ooh. It's Cookman's gonna be close. I'm going Cookman. Back. Yeah, I'm going Cookman too. That that is not bad. Is they homecoming? Is is uh? I don't know, man. It's I, I don't think Valley has scored over nine. Have they? Has Valley scored over ten points in the last month? Anyway, once, I just yeah, once out of conference. I'm going Valley. All right. Okay. Oh, okay. You're going. You're going uh, Lone Wolf there, Valley. All right. Uh. Here we go. Two big matchups in the SWAC or regarding SWAC. Texas Southern at Alcorn State. Alcorn State homecoming. Texas Southern. Kelvin, what's your boy going to do? Be careful on this one. They just came off an emotional loss against Southern, and then now they're going to be distracted with all the homecoming activities. Texas Southern, uh, you know, been kind of they, – they had a little tough. So – this one is so, a, watch out now. I'm gonna go out corn probably, probably, <laughs> but it would not shock me if Texas Southern if Texas Southern win this one. Pull it out. That's what I'm saying. Kofi, Kofi, what do you got? Them Braves ain't finna let them Tigers come in from Houston and beat them on no homecoming. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I'm although I agree with my brother Kelvin, I just you know, on the road in Lorman, them coming off a loss. Them referees at Lorman is some kind of special, and I don't see them giving Andrew Body and them just just stuff. So the Braves gonna be yeah. ready to play. I'll go with Alcorn as well. Okay, here we go. Campbell, 
We saw what Campbell did at home beating up North Carolina Central. Now they go into the Tigers did to take on the sixth ranked team in the nation in the uh, coaches poll, FCS coaches poll. That's Jackson State, number six in the country. Who you like, Campbell or Jackson State? I like Jackson State. Um, okay. They're at home. It's homecoming. I think, obviously, Campbell is going to present a whole bunch of problems for them. But I need Jackson State to pull through for this one for the HBCUs and the culture. NCCU was on the road, um, you know, when they played at Campbell. And I can't say I think Campbell legitimately, from a matchup standpoint, was just a nightmare. And they're going to be a nightmare for uh, for Jackson State in some areas. It's going to be a good game. I'm going to say Jackson State 21-17. Mm. Uh, Kelvin, who you got? I, I, I've got Jackson State, too. Campbell does have the, 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 the uh, pieces to win this game um, on the road. They got a big line. They physical. That's how, in my opinion, they can talk a little bit. That's how you. That's a formula for beating Jackson State. But, but I, I don't think you can be predictable because it's homecoming. Because Dion wants this game. Uh, they're gonna have everybody back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Jackson State on this one. Uh, you mentioned that everybody back. So this might be the return of the Travis Hunter. Shiloh played last yeah. week. Uh, yeah. So if Hunter's back, uh, I, I like Jackson State by a touchdown, but will not be surprised to see a tight ball game, maybe within a field yeah. goal into the fourth quarter as we get around the seven, eight-minute mark. I, I will not be surprised one Tennessee, bit. Tennessee State game. I, I yes. see it as a Tennessee yes. State-type game. Yeah, and that, I mean, that wasn't a close game. The, the score says it was, but it wasn't really a close game. This one I think is legitimately – uh, going to be an interesting game now, you know, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, all right. Well, look, FAMU's on a bye weekend. Of course, remember our Lady Rattlers, the volleyball program, Friday night, 6 p.m. in the Lawson Center. If you're in Tallahassee and can go check out this game, support these. They need they, they have not got a win in Tallahassee at home yet. They need your support, Rattler Nation. So uh, please go make sure to do that. Get out and support. Follow the show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Coming up, we're going to put together that, uh, as I say, the ONG 1887 Athletic Fundraising Drive. That'll be coming up again. Uh, more information will be dropping here in the next few days, so be looking for that. And one more time, Kofi, give people the Cash App and Zelle payment to support the eight. Uh, eight two five eight. Give give those uh, uh handles out one more time quickly. Uh, cash tag eight two five inc. The number eight two five and then inc. And then uh, the Zelle is the number eight t o. The number five inc at gmail dot com. I did place it in the um in the chat room. All right, so we'll make sure to uh, tweet that information out as well and post that in a few other places. Uh, so appreciate you guys, everybody on Facebook, Twitter, uh, for watching the show. Appreciate Dr. Lori in there uh, moderating. Uh, appreciate you. Shout out to our producer, Mel, in the background, producing, making this thing possible. And uh, share the broadcast with a friend, Rattler Nation. Uh, we appreciate all your support. Go download the BCSN Pod Zone on your um, on your podcast platforms, wherever you listen and download podcasts. 
That's where you can find our show. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We'd appreciate it. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app right there in the top right corner. You see it on the Apple App Store and the Google Play. My JBN, my BCN is where you can find us. We're preparing for homecoming week. We may be doing a show Friday, May, big M-A-Y, but that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you guys for watching Rattler Nation. Be safe, be strong, and when you see uh, a tiger out there in the street, just put up two fingers and say, yo, we're going to strike, strike, and strike again next time we see y'all. All All right, that's going to be it. Good night, everybody. Peace out.